We'd like to thank our sponsors Westcott in association with JP Distribution for sponsorship of the He Shoots, He Draws podcast. Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design with your hosts, Glenn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hi and welcome back to He Shoots, He Draws. It's myself, Dave Clayton, and my co-host, Glyn Dewis. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Enjoying <laughs> the football and the hot weather. Yeah, move on. Football. Ugh. Although, as a, yeah, as an ex-ginger, I'm, I'm not really enjoying the sun, but <laughs> staying out. Balaclava on, wetsuit and factor 50. Um, but anyway, I was saying, we're back this week and we've got a follow-up episode for, for episode number nine that we did a while ago, and way back in March, called And the Awards Go To. Now, Glyn, if you wanted to explain a little bit more about it. Yeah, this one was, I guess, because it, it was in the early stages of the podcast, uh, I, I in particular had a bit of a gripe on this one. Well, we both did, but I think mine was probably more than more than yours. Bit of a gripe about awards and people how they call themselves award winning and all that kind of stuff. Now, we at he shoots, he draws. We're open minded. We're willing to kind of learn and get to kind of hear the other side. So, what we've done is here. We've invited a very good friend of ours. Terry Donnelly, uh, who's a, a photographer based in Liverpool in the UK, he has won loads of awards. So he is quite rightly award winning. So what we thought would be good was, rather than kind of leaving that episode number nine out there with us giving it awards, 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 let's get Terry in to kind of not justify it, but explain more about the whole awards thing, the difference between getting... Um, like uh, competitions, distinctions, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So Terry's done an absolutely... Su- In fact, we've just finished recording that, and we've both come off going, that was brilliant. Uh, it, we learned so much about that world of photography, the awards, and also the benefits of it, because it's not just for people who are trying to make themselves out to be something they're not. I think I'm okay to say that. Yeah. From Terry's side of things, it was great system for him to go through because it was some, a system there that helped to move him along and progress his photography. That was the main reason he did it. It wasn't just a vanity project. It was something that he was working towards and he made, managed to fit it into his life and his work. And it really does make sense. And I said, as a non-photographer, it absolutely made more sense to me than I ever thought. Yeah. So, um, yeah, cracking, cracking episode. Really enjoyed it. Definitely. So I guess let's just crack on with it then. Let's just say, as we normally do, Terry... Who are you? Well, Glyn, I'm not quite sure. I suppose I'm a photographer from Liverpool. Uh, I'm a working photographer, so I do this for pay, for keep. I shoot a a number of genres, I suppose. I shoot uh, sport, portraiture. I do architectural work, hotel work, anything that brings an income in, really. You do hotel work? I do. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds a bit... (laughs) Okay, say no more. (laughs) All right. Okay, cool. So, um, obviously, uh, the reason we've got you on on this uh, particular episode, Terry, is because uh, I think, Dave, it was episode nine for Definite that we talked about. Yeah, um, the awards one. uh, Awards. Uh, But Terry is... First of all, let's just get this out there. Terry is one of our... You know, a real good friend of ours. So, we've known Terry for a number of years. So... What we want to make sure is that we're going to ask Terry all about awards because Terry is what you would call an award-winning photographer. And Terry's going to kind of clarify what that is, what he's done for it and what have you. But I want to make sure that in this episode, it doesn't come across that we're trying to back Terry into a corner. Dave and me always said from day one with this podcast that we are completely open to learn from this. 
so we kind of made a few comments, Dave, didn't we, about the awards? Yeah. And we want to kind of get Cherry to kind of clear them up. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, we've, like we said before, we've seen a lot of people in a lot of industries, not just photography, um, like you mentioned about Cornish pasties, the award winning. <laughs> and it, a lot of people use it quite loosely and, and not with not really without any, with no credibility. It's just a widely used thing. And I think the fact that we know Terry, he would know the ins and outs of the true uh, the true thing of going through the award process so yeah that's kind of why we want terry to explain and educate us how cool. that award right. system works all right so terry then let's kick this off yeah can you just give us an overview what what awards have you got what kind of letters or whatever it is that you would have after your name when it comes to photography okay so i'll probably best begin by explaining the difference between awards and distinction awards. Yeah. So a distinction, yeah. Okay, yeah. A, a distinction award is, is usually done by um, submissions. So you would submit a body of work, whether it's the Royal Photographic Society or SWPP, whoever it may be, and then that work will be looked at and assessed by a panel of assessors, judges, whichever you want to call them. And then they will, they will decide whether that work is of a certain standard. Now, usually there's three levels of distinction award. There's a licensure, which is the beginner one, you have the associateship one, which was obviously mid-range, and then you have a fellowship, which is the top-tier distinction award you can have in that organisation. So that's basically how that works. So um, I've obtained three fellowships, um, one with the Royal Photographic Society in 2015, and that was for a visual arts panel, which uh, I shot on the London Underground. The second one is a long-standing personal project I've had, which I started in 2012, and I've submitted 20 pictures of that um, project. And I was awarded a fellowship by the SWPP for that one. And the other one was a, a slightly different way. That came from exhibition work, which has you worked through this, this series of levels and acceptances and awards gained in that area. You could claim different levels if you went through. So I ended up with a fellowship there as well. So that's distinction awards. But then if you enter competitions or exhibition work from there on if, if you end up with an image which gets into the top 12 um, or judged to be the best 12 in, in a certain class you can pick up gold medals silver medals ribbons um, certificates whatever they decide they're going to award from that day so it's slightly different between distinction award and an exhibition award right okay that makes sense just just uh, quickly backtracking you mentioned the royal photographic society yeah and then you mentioned SWPP. Just for the benefit for anybody listening that doesn't know what it is, what, what is the SWPP? What does that stand for? The SWPP is the Society of Portraits and Wedding Photographers or Wedding and Portrait Photographers. You always get it mixed up. Right. But that's a, it's a professional body in the UK, and it's also linked with the WPPI out in America. Oh, what, the so American, it's a joint right. membership yep. type scheme, what they run. Cool. So, um, yeah, so you join that, you pay a monthly subscription as you do with the Royal Photographic Society, and from there you can progress on and apply for distinction awards within that body. So you you are a, a what's recognised as a fellow in three organisations. Um, which one of those ones there, then, would you say, and I don't know if it's fair to ask this, yeah. which one would you say is the one that you treasure the most out of those three? Well, out of the three, the, the Royal Photographic Society is the one that I treasure the most. And that was because... Um, the SWPP, it's a working organisation, it's an organisation for working photographers, so it's very much based just upon that, 
where the Royal Photographic Society is more of it's it's a, a truer society if you like. So that one for me, um, and of course it's the only society in the world, photographic society in the world that has a royal charter. So I think that makes that really, really special. Yeah, def- definitely. Um, you know, it's got the crest of Her Majesty the Queen as well, yeah. um, which backs that up. And it's it's a worldwide known as well. I, I was working in um, the Middle East. I was in Dubai a few years ago. And this guy rocked up to me and he said, oh, I've been checking your work out. He said, I see you're a fellow of the Royal Photographic Society. So that that carried Klaus even out there. So out of all of them, that was the one I treasured the most. That would, that would be the one I'd hate to lose. So when they're awarded, Terry, um, obviously you said you started a project in, you won one in 2015, you started a project in 2012. When when you're awarded that, is that uh, is that like a one-off or are other people awarded? Like, did you get a fellowship in a category or is that like yeah. an overall thing? And do other people... Because if you said, oh yeah, I got a fellowship and so did a thousand other people, it yeah. kind of le- yeah, lessens yeah, yeah. it. So yeah. how does that work with a fellowship? Are you part of a group of people that get awarded that for a body of work? I think the Royal Photographic Society, I think there was 11 fellowships made in the year where I I, I, I got my one. So there's not thousands and thousands of people yeah. who actually get these things. Um, but yeah, there, there is other people. And they do have different genres as well within the fellowship, but, but there has to be, you know, because they could be applied, um, it could be visual art. Uh, could be pictorial so it does need to be fitting really within well it, it is but as we all know you know that each of the genres going from like a wedding photographer to a sports photographer to a landscape it's completely different skill set really isn't it yeah. we're all using a camera but a very very different skill set terry one thing i want to ask about the fellowship thing that you get there then those three that um that you've got do they have a lifespan or is it so they are valid for x amount of time they are valid as long as you are a member of the society. So if right, I leave the society, right. that goes. And that's the same for any professional society. If you are if you are an architect or anything like that, if you have a if you have a distinction award within that society and you leave, it's only right that that leaves as well because you're no longer part of that society. So mm-hmm. that does die. And if you rejoin, obviously the you reapply for it and they, they just give you it back again. So you can win a fellowship for another category with the same organisation in a different year. Yeah, or even the same category. Oh, wow. You can go back again if you wish right, to. Right, okay. All right, so, okay, questions. Let's get to the meat of it all then. <laughs> Why? Why? Why would you do that? Well, from my point of view, doing Distinction Awards, it gave me a framework and it gave me a target and a focus to work towards. Now, it's very similar to doing a personal project in many respects. You're working on your own, you're getting the body of work together, you're seeing how it fits, you're running through your ideas, now, if you're very, very structured, you can probably get the same benefits from doing personal projects. But if you want to really crank that up and put yourself under a lot of scrutiny and work to um, deadlines and, and at the end of it, have something at the end to say, look, I've completed that and this is what I've done. Um, I suppose it's different for different people. I'm somebody who needs structure mm-hmm. it's, um, mm-hmm. and I, re- I need that externally as well because otherwise... I'd, I tend to start daydreaming or drifting onto something else. But Mm -hmm. that structure for me worked very, very well. And it was very beneficial for me. The actual letters after your name, they're not worth that much. And a lot of places, they're worth nothing. You know, if I go around to the local somebody or for a job, the local builder's yard or whatever, and I go touting for business, 
I'd say, oh, I'm FRPS, you know, they'll look at me and say, well, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the point that me and Dave were kind of, couldn't get into our head. It's like, what, these these letters after your name, is that something that Joe Public would even understand? No. Or is it not really intended for that? It's more something that it's a personal thing. I, th- I think it's more of a personal thing. Um, and within the, the industry, I guess, it's recognised. So yeah, others absolutely. Would, would respect yeah, yeah. who you are. Yeah, yeah. But the, the actual value of, of doing a fellowship it's the working towards time. It's the time where you look at yourself in the mirror and say, right, I've got to do this now. You know, if you're a mm-hmm. marathon runner, you can read and you can learn as much as you want, but you've got to go out and start running. You've got to yeah. put the time in and do it. And, mm-hmm. and for me, that that's where it, it is a time of, of, of immense, you know, personal developments I've found personally. It's worth, it's worth hugely for me. Yeah. Um, and, and that's would you, would you, Terry, would you say you're a competitive person? No, not at all. <laughs> see, people listening can't see the face, but that was such a lie. Yeah, that is yeah. such through gritted teeth. No, I, do, I, I don't. Okay, I don't think I'm competitive, but I do hate to lose. <laughs> so, so really, then, okay. The only reason I ask that is being a competitive person and being someone who's interested in sport, getting the uh, licensorship, the um, uh, what was the middle one? You said associateship. Like associateship. Sorry, yeah, and then the fellowship. Is it like something, it's something there, it can be achieved, I've got to achieve that? Absolutely. It's almost like a little tick on the box there, I did that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, the, the Royal Force Graphic Society, the, the licenseship I passed, I went for a sourceship and I failed. And they said, oh, you're not ready for this yet. And I thought, who's not ready for it? You watch me. <laughs> and I went, and, I went and shot a whole new panel. I went back, I got, got it. Yeah, so I, I do, when I see targets, and I've still got some in my mind as well, when I see them, I, I want to achieve them. I want to do them. But it's more about pushing for me yeah, yeah, more than doing it for anybody else. I want to do it. Are you actually working towards anything at the moment? I'm working on three at the moment. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Three look at that d- face. Is that- look at that. I wish people would see Terry's expression right <laughs> I can't now. I've got the cream. So is that three, is that three different genres? Because obviously, like you say, you, you do shoot quite a varied and shoot well um yeah. a varied uh, range of uh, images from like sport and architecture and portrait so are you pushing yourself in three different areas there or are you going yeah. for like three awards with one body of work no three, three different areas i'm working with at the minute and some of them have been working for a while you know they've been sitting there just tinkering away I, I, some of them i just need some more material to finish them off Actually, do you mind if I just ask something that's kind of related, but not in some ways? Because obviously you started off, when I said, Terry, who are you? You explained that you are a working photographer. You know, you do this because it puts money in the pocket and so on and so forth. And then you go on to say that you do a whole load of different genres. Now, if if you were going to get hired, what do people hire you for? Is there, is there? Do you kind of say, look, I do all this, but this is my speciality? Or... And like Dave says there, you're, you're annoyingly good at a lot of genres. So you do pretty much take on whatever comes in that you, yeah, I'll do that job. I quite like yeah, the idea definitely. of that. If the phone goes or I get an email saying, would you like to do this? I'll, I'll just go and shoot it. Um, I love shooting sports. I'm a stringer for a number of news agencies. So if they haven't got, you know, a game covered or if somebody, you know, somebody's off, they can't get somewhere and they offer to me, I'll go and shoot it. Um, I've got my own, I'm building my own accreditation as well. So my own accreditation is Super League Rugby. Um, just being UA for accredited. Um, Premier League is still, I can only shoot that through an agency because the the licensing is so strict and so so demanding on that. 
Um, so I, I do that, but also if I get a job come in uh, to cover a PR job locally, even if it's, you know, to go to the local school and take a picture of the headmaster who's, funnily enough, won an award or something like yeah. that, I'll, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just go and do it. I'm shooting a wedding this month as well. Wow. Um, wow. So, yeah, okay. it's... Um, I'm not proud. Whatever comes in, if, it's, if, if I can earn money, I'll go and shoot it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, I, and I think, you're, I think you have to yeah. do that with photography as well. There's very few people who can just shoot one genre and have enough work coming in all week, every week, to satisfy the needs. Yeah. Because so, yeah. you've shot Aintree as well. Is it Aintree, your horse racing? I've never shot Aintree. Um, I've, I've done a few horse race meetings, but never been to Aintree. Yeah. Um, been to Haydock. Um, I used to shoot in the Channel Islands quite a lot, where I'd cut my teeth. A good friend of mine used to have the contract for the race course, so I used to shoot every race meeting there. Yeah. Um, but you've yeah, got some cracking shots from the horse race. I think you, you won an award with a couple, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, so? yeah. I think we have had a few come in for the, the horse racing. I've got, I've got, a, I've got a burning question here now, and this is me kind of. I'm having to hold myself back here, but the um, going by the awards, you said that when you go for these uh, awards or distinctions, the uh, you know the fellowship accreditations and all that kind of stuff, it goes it goes to a panel, right? So my immediate question to that is, what gives someone? And I'm playing devil's advocate just for those listening. What gives someone the right to say that your picture is good enough? Because it's very subjective photography, isn't it? Unless, un- unless, unless it's something technically completely wrong with it, like it's completely blurred when they didn't yep. intend it to be. You know, it's overexposed, and so on and so on. If you put the technicals aside, how how can you say that somebody's artistic thought and interpretation is a good image or not? Because that's what mm. they're trying to do. I agree. Well, they will be given a brief before the judge. And on the main, it's people who have been involved in this, the distinction world. They've gone through the process themselves. They've had training from the society. So they should be really well up to speed on what's expected. But certainly when you look at a body of work, the panel must, must not be... Well, the panel must be greater than any single image. It must hang together as a panel. So there's certain things what they're going to look for. But you're quite right. The artistic input is something really they've just got to feel make a foot you know a, a, a judgment call on so it's pretty much up to them at that point but you know yourself sometimes you see an image and sometimes you can't even put your finger on why but you look at an image sometimes and you, you just go look at that isn't that fantastic and yeah. it's, it's that yeah, level yeah. of work what they're looking for um they're looking for a very very personal um input you know it's got to be very very styled towards you um and it's got it's got to be different but it's got to have impact. And if, it, if if you can never get emotional and emotional content into a picture, I think you've cracked it. You know, if you can put a picture up that affects somebody emotionally, then... Oh, totally. Totally with you that. So if you had a panel of, say, did you say 12 images 20. or 20 images? 20. So if they're all different content, okay, would part of the judging process... Would that would that kind of uh, would a little ticky box be that there is a consistency across this work that I know that picture number one is taken by the same photographer yeah. that's done picture Absolutely. number twenty that yeah. is part Absolutely. of it as well. In, ter- in terms of colour balance, um, the way it's processed, the way it's presented, the way it's printed, there's so many areas which you can fall down on it. But you've got to look at that body of work, and I quite rightly say if you took two pictures out of that panel. And show them to somebody separately. They should be able to look at it and say, "Yeah, that's the same." Are they? Offer. 
Are they judged anonymously? As in, do they know it's you when they're judging the images? So they, they see a body of work and then they award it and then they go, oh, by the way, that was Terry Donnelly. It is anonymously, yeah. The, the work goes up. They don't know who the work belongs to. Good, okay. bit like British Bake Off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is so weird. I was thinking the same thing then. Get out of my head. I was really thinking that. But also what they do in the Royal Photographic Society, because there's no there's no financial allegiance to anybody or any member, it is actually just a society. Yeah. Once it's judged, it's put forward then. And it's my understanding that the a member from each of the different genre uh, judges, so you might have like visual art, pictorial or whatever, they all meet again as a separate body. And then they look at the work again. And I don't know whether they do that to save, like, you know, um, somebody's best mate, give them somebody they're not, and they look at the work again and see whether it's of standard. So it has to go through that hurdle, and then it has to go to the council to be ratified, and then the council decide whether it gets the rubber stamp. Yeah. So there's quite a process for that to go to. So on a, lo- on a local level then, taking the big awards out, you've obviously won a lot of smaller, more regional awards. So... Um, how much time of your day, or like, how much time do you have to uh, use to prepare for these kind of entries? Because obviously, I've I've seen like uh, a couple of your images have won a lot of awards. So obviously, that image is done and you send it off. But how do you find which competitions to submit or enter, or, or you decide I'd really like to get an accreditation or an award from that particular photographic okay. competition? Yeah, well, there's actually national and international awards. And the national one is run by the British Photographic Exhibitions, so they they monitor that. And I think there's 22 member exhibitions. So they have a website and they have what's coming up. And if you want to enter them, you can do. And, you know, it goes before your judges. The international awards is run by a company called, or an organisation called FIAP, which is based out in France. So... The way it works is FIAP represents 35 countries or thereabouts in terms of the award scheme. And for exhibition competitions, because that's what they are really, the exhibitions, they have to, to get the accreditation back from FIAP, they have to adhere to a certain set of things. They have to produce a, a catalogue of a certain standard which people get. They have to have certain levels of judges who have certain distinction awards. I think they have to have two international awards from outside that country as well fly into judge so there's certain things they have to meet so when they list what awards or what exhibitions are taking place around the country around the world you can actually go on and say well i'm going to try and enter for this one in paris or spain or whatever because within that organization there's a cumulus of um award what you can claim so i think the first entry level one is um an a fee app I'm, I'm just bringing words i think you need something like um 30 acceptances in exhibitions. Um, out of that, you need, perhaps you need them in five different countries and you need so many awards and then you can claim that first level. And then there's a level above that which you need to have work accepted in more countries and have more awards. And that's where I stopped. I capped out then because it had no interest for me to go any further. But some people run them and go on and on and on and on. And that's, that's why they put these things all around the world. Did you, did you say you have to enter those? Did you, do you have to pay for that? Do you have to pay the entry. Right, okay. Did, did, I know, obviously, you said that you've, you've heard some of the episodes of the podcast. Did you hear the one where Dave did the the long story <laughs> about the guy that is 200 nautical miles and south-southeast of the island of Ooga Booga or something like that? that <laughs> did. did you hear that one? I did. Do you kind of get what we're saying 
by that because it kind of seemed really odd and I'm still struggling with it. I must admit, Terry, why you would enter competitions where it's some (laughs) far remote place. Do you know what I mean? You could be stealing someone's dream. But I honestly, in all seriousness, I find I do I am struggling. The the distinction thing that you mentioned, the licentiorship, associateship, fellowship, I get that. I totally get that. I can see the structure, I can see the mm-hmm. mentoring and all that kind of stuff. But the competitions, I'll be honest, I am struggling with that one when it's not local or yeah, your yeah. country. Yeah, yeah. I'm struggling well, with that. Well we have a, a great um network of home county exhibitions. But if you want to go for the higher awards or you want to perhaps place your work outside the country, that's, that's the way what you need to do it. But equally, we have a lot of um, people from abroad entering the, the home counties exhibitions as well. So it's a big swish, a pool really, of people yeah. entering. Now, um, do you remember when we went to Germany, um, Glenn, and the Ranga, yeah. that beautiful lady? Remember her? Yes, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's actually a member of... Um, an exhibition from from her country in Malaysia, which I actually won the, the, the main award from. And and when we were in wow. Germany, she was saying to me, you, you should enter, you should enter, you should enter. And I actually did so in the end. And the Royal Photographic Society, who actually um, give them accreditation, um, they actually did a big article in, it, in the journal in the UK. So although I entered over there, I came back to the UK and I got some extra exposure as well in the journal. Uh, yeah. magazine from the RPS so it all works that way but if you want to go for the other awards I mean the, the awards within that organisation tier up but you have to do different countries and that, that's mainly why people do it I would guess right yeah that makes sense and, and it's nice to get something from abroad as well I mean I, I've got um, I've got some some medals and trophies and stuff from Toronto Australia Germany and I'm, I'm glad you said it's nice to get stuff from being abroad because Dave I don't know if you realise he went on to another place in America and I had to come home and I got nothing <laughs> he brought it brought me nothing back not a thing I'm he's like that, that you know he's so like selfish <laughs> listen it's all about me alright but listen paid yeah. entry I, I know you might think well why should you pay to enter these things but they cost a lot of money to put on. They really do. When you think if you've got six judges and you're flying two in from abroad, you've got the transport, you've got the travel cost of the people within the country, you've got to put them up. You know, it could be three days judging, uh, six people. You've got, to, you've got to feed them. You've got to look after them. You've got to produce a catalogue. And I think on the FIAP catalogue, Dave, the higher level one, it's, it's got to be perfect bound. And perfect bound uh, catalogues aren't cheap. Mm. So... It's got to be a paid entry because it's it's got to be funded. Yeah, no, I used to have to pay to run the marathon. Twenty six quid for twenty six miles of pain, (laughs) and I never won it once. (laughs) Should have got the bus. I used to pay for the marathon, but it was a chocolate one. (laughs) Called Snickers. (laughs) Called Snickers now. (laughs) Right, listen, hey, come here. I want to ask you something. Hold your horses, Terry. I want to ask you something. Award winning. Right, the phrase award-winning, that's something that makes Dave and my teeth hurt, <laughs> all right? Tell us about tell us about award-winning, because we we think, again, that's something that's... Actually, no, I won't tell you what I think. Tell me about award-winning, and what do you think about people when they use that, that phrase? Well... On their websites and what kind of stuff. Well, I don't mind it. If I think you've, you've won something and you're quite proud of it, I don't see any problem with that. Um it's a, it's a route what, what somebody's taken along the photographic journey. Some people take a different route. I mean, I met a, a photographer in 2009. 
I was I was on one of his workshops, or I did two workshops with him, and we spoke about awards, and he said to me, I'd never do that. I don't need anybody to tell me I'm good. And some people are genuinely like that. What one of the things I struggled with most with photography, uh, I've settled slightly now, but was knowing what was good. You know, if I did a po- photograph or I did an image, I'd look at it and I think, well, is it any good or is it, is it not? I think it's okay. Mm. And my poor wife, the times I've called her into my room and I've gone, does that look okay? <laughs> and she'd go, yeah, yeah, it's good. And I go, are you sure? She'd go, yeah. Then she'd go, I'd call her back in again and she'd go, for God's sake, can't you know someone else? And it's it's a way of, of, of validation, really, of verification. So for me, it works, but it's not for everyone. Some people are very, very confident in the work. Unfortunately, I'm yeah. not. You know, I, 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 even to now, I'll go out to a job and I'll walk in and I'll look around and I'll go, what am I doing here? <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> Why do I put myself under this pressure? Because I literally do. I go in and think, I shouldn't be doing this. And then you've just got to work through it. But some people are very confident and self-assured. But looking um, at your website, Terry, need... is I'm looking at it now, and it says, Terry is a freelance photographer from Liverpool, England, working in, and it says what you work in, you're a master of light. You don't call yourself award-winning. And then at the bottom, you just put the holder of three fellowships, including, and then the ones that you've named. So... You yourself on your terrydonnelly.co.uk, you don't actually refer to yourself as an award-winning photographer. No, I might change that. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, you can justify it. I, I think really, um, and, and as you guys said on the, on the podcast what I listened to before I came on, uh, your work should really speak for you. And that should be what it is. Nothing else, just yeah. your work. Yeah, yeah. It's... Um, I, I, it's 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 true, isn't it? There's nothing else should count except your work. Yeah, I I, I kind of see it. I, in in some respects, I think you've kind of you've convinced me the benefits of it. I don't know what you think, Dave, but there's certainly the accreditation side of it because it it can be a very lonely thing to do this photography, yeah. can't it? Do you know what I mean? It's something that we do on ourselves. We come back, we retouch our pictures, but when we've got nobody there to say that's good, or you might want to think about changing this. How do you know if you're progressing or not? It's kind of like the, the issue I had with uh, with workshops, that you get people to come in, you show them th- something, they do it, they then go. There's no time ever at the end of workshops where the people teaching the workshops sits down with the individual and says, I like what you've done here, you might want to try this, that, and the other. So yeah. feedback. Yeah. So I suppose really... To, to kind of call it something else, this accreditation thing, it's like having a buddy next to you and giving you feedback. And when you're getting lots of good feedback, that's recognised with a name given to it, like a licensorship, associateship, yeah. and a fellowship, I, can, I guess. I can see how the anyway. worldwide thing fits in now because, like you said, it's a very structured thing. It's not like you're just like swooping in and taking the award yeah. away from the young kid with his, <laughs> with his volcano <laughs> shot. But... I guess putting your work out 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 into the open, um, people from different environments and different backgrounds are looking at your work and still finding it good enough to win an award, even though like they could be in an island in the middle of the ocean or they could be you know Russia or a big country. You're still getting the validation that actually yeah across the world my work my body of work still carries something that's makes people stop and think that's the best photo so i can i get now why that's an, an important part of that process but as i say it's not stuff for everyone it's, no for me it's being helpful but 
It's like all the online competitions. There's so many online where people say, like, every month, keep submitting your images and vote. You know, it's not not vote for the best image. It's uh, the person with the most Facebook friends. Yeah, yeah, and and also one thing before we went up, before we started recording this, Dave and myself, we learned something straight away. You mentioned about the Pulitzer Prize because mm. that's one of the things yeah. we talked yeah. about. And what was it? What was it you told us about um, the Pulitzer Prize? I, be, I believe it's a paid entry. The Pulitzer. I had a quick right. look on the website. So I think it's fifty dollars to enter into the Pulitzer. He, uh, Dave and me here at He Shoots, He Draws. We're all yes. willing to learn. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're a learning duo. <laughs> a learning duo. But the the question. Oh, the thing I was going to mention before was why do working photographers put I am an award-winning photographer at the start? And I had a little think about this. And yes, your work should speak volumes and you should be hired on your work. But I suppose there could be times when that can work for you as well. Mm. If you're on a high street, maybe, and there's three photographers on that high street and you're the only award-winning one with the certificates and all the rest in the window, perhaps more people might come to you, I don't know. Yeah. But our, but our issue, Terry, as you remember from listening to the podcast, I was, our issue is that people put award winning, but they don't say what award. It might have been they got their green life saving mm. badge or they managed <laughs> to swim two lengths of the pool without armbands. Do you know yeah. what I mean? No, you, you've got to. They yeah, need to say definitely. what the award is, right? You have to say what it is, what organisation it was awarded in, because that's really important. And for me, yeah. I think you should put the year on as well. Yeah. Because if you've got one from 1972, I was just, you know, really I was just living. I was just going to ask you a question, Terry, and I was going to bring football back into it, and I was going to bring Liverpool back into it oh. because the, my other question was: How long do you keep submitting? What's the lifespan of of an image in terms of competition? So, like, I was the re- reason why I brought it up. I was going to say Johnny Barnes. Johnny Barnes scores a wonder goal against Brazil and got an England career for another 79 caps off the back of it. So you can only live off a past glory for so long before people are like, he's done nothing new in five years. So for you personally, what point do you retire a body of your work and move on to a a new chapter? Well, at the moment, because I produce content quite regular, a couple of months maybe for me. Um, But... Going back 2012, 2013, it'd be much longer than that because top-end images, top-quality images, for me anyway, they don't arrive that often. You know, I've got, I've got to work hard. I've got to produce a lot of other stuff and then every now and again, you know, something will come up and I'll go. Terry, that, what you said there is exactly what Joe McNally said in his interview, yeah. didn't he, Dave? He said that, you know, it's not every time you get the camera that you get that yeah. amazing shot. They're few and far between. Absolutely. So. And, Terry, you're in good company. Thanks. But what I did a um, I did a masterclass at the SWPP in January, and one of the things I did it on was composition. And I rocked up, and I showed them a shoot. I showed them the start of the shoot through to the end, and I had, I had you know several worthy images at the end of that shoot. But I said, this is what this is what I had to do, and this is how I went along. And there's a bit of fun involved in it and that, but. Everybody I spoke to, they said that's been really beneficial. That because normally people just come up and say the composition on this is strong because it's on the rule of thirds or it did this, but they don't show you everything that's gone on before. There's a lot of work, a lot of work, and and it to me it's it's a little bit of a photography can be a little bit snobbery sometimes, and it's like oh, aren't I great? Look what I can do. But share it, share it, and show people what you've been through because you you can't source a shatter people's confidence as well. 
by just saying this is me good stuff on R&I Grayson you know I totally totally agree with you there because again I'm, I'm mentioning Joe McNally here again but I remember a while back uh, he did a um, he came over I think it might have been when he was doing some stuff for the Kelby guys and he came over and did a day at Isleworth Islington, uh, no, sorry, yeah. Islington Design Centre. He did a whole day's training, and I didn't go to it, but I knew people that did. And I kind of said to them afterwards, "How did you go, how did you get on? Did you enjoy it?" As if they wouldn't. I said, "Did you enjoy it?" And they said, "And you know what was interesting was not one person said, oh my god, his pictures were incredible.' Clearly, we know the standard of Joe's stuff. What everybody said was, it was really interesting hearing him work his way through things that weren't going quite right. So if maybe the light wasn't working correctly, how can I fix this? And that that is how people learn more, isn't it? By seeing mistakes. And I think that's that also shows you doing that masterclass there at the SWPP. It shows the quality of a trainer that is prepared to show it, warts and all, this is what I've done. Oops, that's not worked. Because it does. There's people sat in the audience there thinking, I could never do this. But then you do something, they go, oh, I do that problem. I always do Absolutely. that wrong as well. Absolutely. So that's, yeah. that's got to yeah. be a good learning and, thing, isn't it? It's yeah. got to be a good and, learning And that's thing. what it should be with, with a... I mean, I, I, I do judging on the um, the club circus, and I still do it. I've done it since 2012. And I go out, and I always say to people at the start, I'm not here to judge your work, but if you've got 100 pictures, I've got to put them in order because the club want the top five pictures. And then I always go through, and you can pretty much tell the people who are new for new to photography, so I'll spend more time with them. So I'll go through and say, perhaps you should shoot it from a different angle, maybe a different time of the day, it's on harsh sunlight, which isn't good, um, maybe a different lens. And I go through all the things what they could have done. I, I won't go just go and say, it's a rubbish picture. I'll go through what they could have done and how they could have improved it. Um, and I always try and give everybody um, some some decent comments. And for me, that's that's why I love doing the judging as well. And I always say to everybody, if you're not sure on a comment, don't go away upset. Come and see me at the end and we'll talk it through one-to-one. Um, judging for me at that level, I, I, I love to do that. I love to meet people. And sometimes when you revisit as well and you, you're seeing people lifting up and the, the, the standard of work is lifting. And, you know, quite often they'll say, um, I took on board what you said last time. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've come back. You, you're saying that you love that. That kind of leads in, Dave, doesn't it, to the question that we always ask people, the loving and the loathing. Ooh. So is that, is that fair to say that that's what you love, is the helping the people out, meeting the people? I do. I love that. I, I, I love a lot of things about the photography industry. I love the friends I've made. Every photographer I meet, and you might think this is weird. Especially that Glyn and yeah, Dave yeah. guys. They're awesome. they're Everyone yeah, I meet, yeah. I look at them as a potential lifelong friend. I just do. Um, and I have made plenty. I mean, the, the week we had in Germany in 2013 will always stay with me as one of my favourite times That was good ever. fun. Yeah, all and right, just because I wasn't there. there. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> the friends of me from there, you yeah, know, I... Sander, Oliver, Alex, um, Roberto, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ranga, yeah. you know, and Garbo, it goes on. Calvin, and yeah, I'm yeah. still making friends now, you know, continually still making friends. Yeah, I same love here. all that part of it. Just absolutely love it. Uh, I've met some fantastic people who I would never, ever have met if I hadn't been in photography. Yeah, and I think we can yeah, all pretty much say that. that. So, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, so what about what about the loathes? I don't want to be. T- what about what what don't? It's not negative. It's negative with a positive. I don't want to be too negative. I'll just read through my list. <laughs> oh, oh my lord! <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. My first um, guest was a list. 
<laughs> the, the biggest thing I don't like about photography, really, and it's not really photography, it's it's people and the way they behave sometimes, especially online. I think they can be so negative when it's not called for and not needed. And they're still, you know, you get a click, you get the boys club, don't you? And if you're not in it, you're outside and they all gel together and anything you do, they want to try and put other people down. And I, I hate all that. I, I, I think it's a, it's a brilliant industry what we're in. Uh, I think it could be better. And if they could just lose all that, I think it would be wonderful. I really do. Well, do you know what? I mean, I, I've kind of, I had a list <laughs> and I've, I've, co- I've covered on my list, but I've got to say, I have learned a yeah. ton. So we're going to have to get you back next week for making bread with Terry Donnelly because <laughs> I, I keep messing up my really? bread making. So we'll get you on next week to help with that. But Terry, I, I don't know if you've anything you want to kind of uh, go on there, yeah, Dave, I, and ask anything there. But I, I, I have got one more question. Um, because this yeah, does cover another episode where we spoke to something. I, don't, I won't go too deep into it, but you mentioned there you did a masterclass where you were teaching. So, and we've done a, we, we actually did an episode about workshops and I know you've done workshops. So at what point, at what point did you think I want to transition to teaching? And, and also what made you think, uh, now I'm ready to run workshops and how did you find that experience? Um, I think it just naturally evolved where people would ask, can I do this or can I show you them this or can we come on and shoot? And that sort of just naturally went along really. And then I started doing some workshops a few years ago and I did, I did quite a few each year, but it was too much. I was covering lighting, um, photography, camera craft, Photoshop, and it, it just got so bogged down and keeping the different standards. I mean, I've just done a one-to-one today uh, workshop and I knew I could help this guy. And uh, he's, he's, he's been around, he, he was here at half eight, he left after six o'clock, and we did just purely on lighting. That's all we did, lighting all. We went from 101 right the way through, and he's absorbed every bit of it, and he's gone away. And I really feel like I've, I've helped him. And I, I, I know his photography has lifted a lot, because now he's got a good grasp of what's going on. So I really like that side of it. I'm not, not a person who, who wants to come and say, well, let's get 20 on the workshop, you know, we'll make X amount of money. The, the money is a separate issue. It's If I can't help somebody, I won't do the workshop. It's as simple as that. That's good to hear because you're pretty much like us then. We're, what we do, we're in this for the long term as opposed to a get-rich-quicks kind of scheme, which is absolute rubbish anyway. It's, we're in this for the long term. So we know that if we if we do the right thing, then the money will follow anyway. You don't really need... If you go there focusing on the money... We've seen them yeah. come and go, haven't we? I've so never, d- I've never done a single workshop. I mean, the only t- the only three times I've taught have been three Photoshop worlds. It's not something I've felt driven. I've never got up in the morning and thought, how can I make some money? I know what, I'll do a workshop. It's not me. Let me, ju- let me just, just quantify that. Three Photoshop world workshops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. They were good ones. They were big ones. I went in big. <laughs> you did. You did. <laughs> But uh, I've had people come on workshops with me and the next week rip the workshop off and start teaching it themselves and advertising. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, well, you've just, yeah. just been on because you didn't know before you came on my workshop and now you want to teach it. So I think you've got to be careful, really. I think you've got to be real and I think you've got to be honest. And if you keep doing the right things, hopefully, you know, you should progress. And that, that's the only way to do it, really. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm looking online now to enter some design competitions with Glyn's logo. 
<laughs> no, I get it, because it's different for me, because I'm not the photographer here and I'm the designer. That world is slightly different because there is a lot of design out there. There's a lot of photography out there. But like I would say to people when I tell them about designing is don't always think you have to create something that's going to win a competition. Sometimes it's fit for purpose. Uh, you know, done is better than perfect in some instances, but I've never, you know, I've never entered any design competition. I don't even put a portfolio online of my work. I just kind of take the next thing that comes along. Will I get enjoyment out of it? Will the person who I'm doing it for uh, get what they've expected? And then if that turns into a transactional thing, then great. But otherwise, it's just, you know, I, I do it because I love it. And same as you and same as Glenn. But you you guys have got to make a business out of it. I've got a day job. So it's quite interesting to hear. That's why I asked about the amount of time you spend. Because I know for me, with the family and the day job, is time's really precious for me. And I don't think I could do any of that having a day job and a family but I respect now why people do it and why they invest that time because over the long game the rewards are there if you're genuine yeah, yeah I think so I think so um it certainly can be there if you if you keep working on it yeah but fit for purpose is absolutely perfect as well because what what I go out and shoot say on a PR job or if I go to a football match or a rugby match you you have to bear in mind all the time what you're shooting it for, you're mm. shooting it for pay. And you've got to think like an editor, what will the editor buy? Yeah. So, you know, you, you, it's got to be fit for purpose. It's no use going there thinking, I'm going to shoot the absolutely amazing picture today that's going to win a prize in outer Mongolia mm. or whatever. <laughs> Steal it off some kid. He's just took <laughs> one on his little box camera. But you, you, you go in there, it's, you know, if you go in there for a news agency, you do, you go in there for news. So you're looking for gold celebrations, yeah. tries. Um, and you're looking for what's going to sell in the newspaper. If you're going for, perhaps if you're going for um, a sports agency who wants um, stock images, that's different. You're going to shoot slightly differently. But what I often do, I, I will look for stories before I go to a match. So if there's a story going around concerning a manager or a particular player, I'll focus on them. Yeah. Because I know it may not be a great sport and image, but... If something's going on in his life or he's about to change club or whatever, if I've got plenty of pictures available of him, they're more likely to sell. Yeah. Do your research. Yeah, yeah. yeah. do your You've research. got to think all the time what the editor will buy. Mm. Same if you shoot a wedding. You know, your favourite picture from a wedding might not be what the bride will like. You've got to think like the bride because she's the one who's going to be spending the money. So you do. You have to do a little bit of background and uh, keep that in mind. Yeah. Fit the purpose. And in the design world, they have a phrase, uh, kill your darlings. It's I yeah I might create I yeah I might create a logo that I think is the best thing ever, but it might not be right for the person who needs a logo. So it, what what it means okay. is I I have to kill the thing I love and create the thing they want. So the phrase is kill your darlings. You have to let. It's no point me being hey this is my best work if it's not fit for purpose. Yeah, it, it has Spot to be on. horses for courses. Bring sports Spot straight on. back into it. Yeah. Oh, nicely led in there. I like that. <laughs> led in. I like it. Well, I like cool. it. Listen, I, there, there is, Terry, there is so much that we could talk about. We're going to have to get you back on because you do do so many different genres and you've got lots of experiences. Um, so if you're happy to come back at some point, that'd be great. But Terry, before we kind of, before we end this, 
where can people go to find your work, the kind of stuff that we've been talking about on this episode? Um, everything links off my website, really, Glenn, which is www.terrydonnelly.co.uk. I'm on Instagram, terrydonnelly01, Twitter, terrydonnelly01. And that's basically it, really. We'll put the links on the website, yeah. Thank you very much. Brilliant. But Terry, from me, thank you so much for your time. It's always good to catch up. We don't see yeah, each other enough. So thank God for the yeah, internet. Yeah, definitely. Thank God for the internet. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honour chatting to you guys. Oh, no, thank so you thank for you being on it. Very, very much. I know it is. And also to you, Glenn, as well, who's had um, a real impact on me over the years. So, again, a big personal thank you. Yeah, whatever. Very kind of you, mate. Very kind of you. And you, Dave. Thank you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, mate. Thank yeah. you back at you. Cheers, Terry. All right, Take Terry. We'll see you soon. Cheers, Cheers buddy. Bye. Tell her, mate. Now, we've got something a little bit special this week because we're doing our first proper follow up episode. Now, way back at episode number nine, we had an episode called Episode, Episode, Episode. I said episode a lot there. <laughs> I'll go again. Hold on, right. Three, go again. Two, one. All right. Hi, welcome to another episode. <laughs> right, ready? Three, two, one. Hi, welcome back to <laughs> Shootsy Draws. <laughs>